Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. Don't just think about a fantasy tonight. Pick <clears throat> No, um. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll take Toby Gerhardt for Matt Forte, you son of a... That's more like it. It's This Week in Fantasy. With Tony Casali from FFToolbox.com, James Seltzer from RotoWire.com, and your host, this guy sucks, John Barchard. Week number 11, and we are all back in here for a little bit of fantasy talk right here on BGN Radio. Guys, we had, uh, I think we we actually did pretty well all around, considering with the sit and starts in the article, uh, the fire engine obviously agrees it's running by right now. And uh, Is that uh, it agreeing, or or is it calling you out? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a, it's a hot, hot, hot take, and uh, we need to slow that down. But uh, I, I thought overall, especially in the... Uh, the the thread where our show is posted, we uh, thought we nailed a couple of things there. Did really well on the the day of, but uh, not too uh, not too happy about Joe Flacco again. Every time I try and put him in the start list, he ends up just saying no thanks. I thought it was going to be a multi touchdown game for him, and he only puts up one, and I don't think he even broke two hundred yards. So, um, Tone, anything that you are cringing on that you suggested this week? Uh, yeah, well, you know, and I got one right out of the, right out of the gate on that Thursday night game with Jeremy Hill. I was so excited about him. Now, now in my defense, I think a lot of people were excited about him, but I was particularly excited about him. I saw him being an RB1. Even when Gio comes back, he was going to run wild on Cleveland. Yeah. And it, he, uh, he had uh, 55 yards, uh, one catch for six yards and a fumble, which cost him uh which cost him the rest of the third quarter where he got benched so he was worth four points for you you're welcome 
if uh, if that costs you a game, I apologize. I, they weren't all bad. Justin Forsett, who I recommended highly, yes. uh, offensive player of the week, two touchdowns, 112 yards. So very, very happy about him. Uh, I was about 50% this week. Uh, we'll do better. We'll do better for you. Yeah, we'll get. And actually, James, I think for the most part, I actually haven't double checked this, but I think you pretty much knocked it out of the park this week, didn't you, bud? You are correct, sir. I nailed it. I nailed it. I, I actually, it's funny because I, I you know, I'm not a, a gloater per se, but uh, I, I did hit all my starts. It's uh, I think unanimously, um, but I was really scared with Calvin Benjamin there. Well, it was wow. one of those things where I was like, oh, I told people to start Calvin Benjamin. This is going to end up looking like the worst call of all time, other than telling people to sit Big Ben when he throws six touchdowns. Um, but hey, you know, garbage time. Calvin Benjamin's a garbage time king. It's what the guy does. You know, he doesn't do anything when the game matters. But put the game out of reach, and he is a stud. Absolute so, stud. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty psyched, John. It was a good week uh, on my end. Yeah, it. Um, I yeah. Well, this is the thing I want to talk to you about because I I did get I did get a little flack, even though it was the correct call, and even uh, uh, Tony and I had a little side bet going that Sanchez would uh, you know be a better. Better start this week than Breeze and just by a couple of points, I think. So really doesn't matter. Obviously, you're not going to make that call all the time. I did give some advice to say, go ahead and sit Jamal Charles and go ahead and start Justin Forsett. It ended up working out, obviously. But at this point in the season, James, are you more hesitant to just play the guys that got you there, play your studs, and don't worry about the matchups? Or do you consider that going into almost you know playoff season here? Uh, actually, no, like, I, I think it's obviously it's a very case by case kind of thing. I mean, you know, if you've got, you know, Matt Forte, I don't know many people, regardless of the matchup, who you're going to start ahead of him on a week to week basis. But other than that, you know, other than the top, top, top guys, I, I'm okay with kind of playing hot guys, kind of riding the hot hand. I think that's kind of what you see a lot in fantasy. I mean, your starting lineup come, you know, week 16 when you're in your finals, if you make it that far. Uh, is going to look extremely different than what you started out with, whether it's because of injuries, whether it's because of poor play. But the the turnover is so great, and we're seeing so many injuries and so many guys filling in. And you know, Mark Ingram out for four weeks, comes back. He's a top you know five eight running back. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think you can necessarily just say start your studs. I, I I am a big start your studs guy in general in fantasy, especially early in the season. Um, but at this point, I think you got to ride that hand. I think you got to look at the matchups. I think you got to, you know, obviously start your studs as well, but I really think it's case by case here. I think you really got to look at it on a week to week basis. And, you know, like last week I said to start my Mike Evans and, and Mike Evans was, I think the top, one of the top five receivers of the week, but there are a lot of guys. I, even though I said, start Mike Evans, I, I probably would not have started him over, but it would have been the wrong call. So, you know, you, you really got to look at the matchups. Look who's hot. Look who's trending upward and and play it that way yeah Tony, you feel feel pretty much the same way there are you you know playing most of your studs throughout the rest of the season yeah I'll, you know i'll play the guys that got me there uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you know it's sort of a, a strange thing because they're studs and they're not necessarily studs in the beginning of the season not your top three or four round picks necessarily but they become your studs right so you know had, had ronnie hillman stayed healthy he would have stayed in even though he was like a 14th round pick or maybe even a waiver wire undrafted stud, yeah undrafted yeah so i mean so yeah i mean who is your stud really so it's sort of <laughs> that's sort of a a, a a transitory thing it's not the guy wasn't your stud but he's been your stud for three weeks so he is now your guy um i'm a little more hesitant to bench people with matchup concerns if they've been your guy uh then i'll start them regardless of the matchup uh even if they're not necessarily 
uh, you know, the the big name top three. I mean, that was very bold of you to 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 bench, you know, Jamal Charles for uh, for Forsett. I don't think I would have had the I don't think I would have had the cojones to do that. But, you know, now Justin Forsett, you know, regardless of his matchup, he's hot. Like James was saying, uh, he's going for me. You know what I mean? Coming off a, a two touchdown game like that. He's he's going he's in regardless of who he's playing, frankly. Yeah. Well, he's on a bye this week, so maybe Even not better. this week. <laughs> <laughs> He'll still put up 105 yards on the bye week. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, I guess I think I, to a fault, I might play the matchup game a little too much. Uh, I, I I rely heavily on matchups, and I think you have to. I, I don't. When you look at, I don't know, I, not so much that, because I talked to a few people. There was, there's one in particular who decided to go Ben Roethlisberger over Aaron Rodgers. And you're like, oh, I mean, you look at the result now and you think, well, that was that was pretty stupid. But coming off of 12 touchdowns in two games here. Against the Jets, no less. Against the Jets, you think about, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think, uh, and apologies, I feel like we're always ripping on Tony's team here, but uh, apologies if, uh, you know, nobody really thought that they would like, that Aaron Rodgers would have 56 points or whatever he put up at halftime and then just kind of be done with it afterwards, you know? So, um, I, it, well, there's some, there's some fantasy advice for anybody out there right now. If your team is playing the Chicago bears and you have some people <laughs> on the fantasy team and you don't know if you should sit them or start them, why don't you go ahead and start them? Well, it's going to be all but right. See, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. So maybe, yeah. maybe there are those opportunities like that of, well, wow, go ahead, go for well, it. Yeah. Well, Would you start uh, Greg Jennings this week? Well, here, real maybe. quick, I- and I agree with you guys. I think that, John, and I think it's kind of what I was saying before and kind of what you're circling around. I think early in the season, you start your studs. You don't know what the matchups are really going to be. You, you know, that's what we see as you get a sample size, as you get through half a season or more, as the case is now, you start to know who the good defenses are, who the bad defenses are, who does have a, a potent offense, who doesn't. And yes, some things might change over the last six, seven weeks of the season, but for the most part, you have an idea of what these teams are on an offensive and defensive, you know, on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. So it's a lot easier to play the matchups now because you really know what the matchup is. Whereas earlier in the season, you might think a defense is going to be bad. Like we said, we thought Chicago was going to be the worst run defense in the league. Uh, they were historically bad last year, and this year they can't stop the pass or the run, but especially <laughs> the pass. So, you know, it's I think it's one of those things that it's actually kind of the reverse of, of what you originally hypothesized the idea that as the season goes on I think you even get more into looking at the matchups and the hot hand whereas when you start the season you really should start those guys you drafted regardless of the matchup so there you know there's there's obvious shuffles that are happening and you have to I think that's basically what we're all trying to say is you have to make sure that your quote-unquote studs are still being studly. For instance, LeSean McCoy is no longer studly. And until then, you know, I I would play that hot hand, play the C.J. Andersons, play the, you know, whoever's coming up, whoever's coming up. Sure. You can't start, you can't start Shady over Mark Ingram right now. You just can't. Absolutely not. I love, actually, I love Shady this week. I know, but. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay is the 30th ranked run defense. Again, it goes back to that matchup thing. Yeah, now you got to. Matchup thing, also, yeah, yeah, more so because of the matchup, because his O-line's healthy, you know, Sanchez running the offense nicely. You look at all that, it all plays a role, but we're not just starting Shady because he's Shady, which right. is kind of what it would have been before. And I would still, I, I don't know, I would still caution. I, I, obviously, if you don't have any better, you're not going to start anybody better. But 
you know, Carolina wasn't wasn't a, a studly run defense, but yet they're still, they were still tw- I believe, twenty eighth in the league coming into the game. Yeah, so they're they're not. It wasn't that, that studly. I think a lot of teams are are just stacking the box and making whatever quarterback is is behind, you know behind that Eagles offensive line throw. So until that changes. I don't really know, but it is, again, a really good matchup. And speaking of quarterbacks, again, it, it seems like the shuffle keeps continuing. One of the guys that was on my start list, and of course, you don't never want to see it, not that they were playing that great offensively to, to start out, but Carson Palmer is now down. Uh, welcome back, Drew Stanton. And pretty much all the, the wonderful things and happiness that were happening with Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown and Michael Floyd, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Michael Floyd's still your best bet going forward coming out of here because there was still a connection there maybe with john brown it's kind of a toss-up there tony what how, how are you feeling about i feel like we almost talk about we're talking about arizona a lot but it's 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 very important because there's this this keeps happening are you benching and waiting and seeing or are you just kind of writing it out because you have to yeah i think i'm probably benching you know unless you have some concerns i'd probably keep fitzgerald in there he's been playing pretty well uh i'm probably benching you know john brown was sort of a hot commodity coming in michael floyd's been a huge disappointment the whole season uh but now with drew stanton he's not a bad quarterback he knows the system but his numbers do not bear out good fantasy production for either himself or the receivers on his team. So, you know, unless I'm running the ball there, uh, I'm a little bit nervous to start any of these guys. Uh, uh, Stanton's been, again, he's been more of a game manager than anything. Yeah, he's two and one and he's doing fine uh, in in that regard. But his yards are down. He's he doesn't have uh, any of these big games that you would expect, and the deep ball isn't quite there. So yeah, it does make me nervous. I mean, you you know, people who picked up John Brown a couple of weeks ago, liking the way he was looking, he's going to have to ride the bench this week. I, I have no uh, I have no interest in starting him with Drew Stanton at quarterback. You on the same uh, same wavelength there, James? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Tony did make a good point. I mean, uh, Fitz has really stepped it up. He had that huge game again the Eagles a couple weeks ago, which, you know, he always kills the Eagles, but, you know, 112 yards receiving this past week, 70 yards a week before. It does look like he's a part of the offense. And from the little bit we've seen of Stanton this season, the couple games he started and when he's filled in, he has looked for Fitz first. It does appear. Um, so, yeah, I think you're all right with Fitz and obviously Andre Ellington. I think everything's going to run through him. So he's a must start. But Otherwise, I'm I'm with Tony, especially until I see it and until I see them go out and, and you know, Michael Floyd put up some points or, or John Brown put up some points or I'm just not going to be able to start those guys or start Stanton for that matter, unless it's, you know, a deep two QB league. Yeah, especially, I mean, they're going against the, the Lions. They're going to be at home once again. Probably really doesn't matter. I don't. Oh, yeah, I, terrible matchup this week. You're, you're sitting all of those guys this week. Yeah, for the most part, you are. And um, and speaking of the Lions, I got to give credit to Tony here. Calvin Johnson makes a comeback this week. Puts up you know great numbers. Uh, Golden Tate's numbers didn't suffer at all. I think he had, what a hundred plus and almost ten catches. I think. Um, so that was a good call by him. A while. I think both of you guys had said. I think it. we both. Yeah. 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 Um, and just the, I, I would continue to ride that train. One of the guys that I thought was going to see improvement because of, you know, the Michael Vick connection that he had with the Jets was Eric Decker, but he was a freaking ghost, an absolute ghost. So to, I mean, like, is that, you know, he's been kind of up and down all all year, but how, how do you feel about him going forward, James? Hey, not great. I, I have not been a huge Decker guy all year. Like you said, he's had some nice weeks, and I think he's even been a little better than I expected, but, I mean, that – 
that Jets offense is a wasteland for offensive fantasy points, you know. I mean, Michael Vick is shown he's going to be able to get you, you know, 12 to, to 15 to 18 points because of the legs, because of, you know, a touchdown pass here or there. But in terms of volume, they're, they're going to run the ball. I think Vic only threw it 17 times all game last time, you know, last week. Uh, they, they put up 20 points. It's just an undynamic, unexciting offense that's going to focus on pounding the ball on the ground. And there just aren't going to be enough opportunities, I think, for Decker to make a huge impact. Like you said, I think there'll be a couple weeks where, you know, he'll, he'll catch a touchdown pass and, you know, get like 60 and a touchdown or something. But I, I certainly don't feel comfortable starting him in anything but the deepest of leagues right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tony, I'm looking at the other matchups here for this week. One of the guys that I thought was actually going to drop off two this week and he didn't. And, and, you know, James, of course, making the right call. Mike Evans actually had a fantastic game. I'm feeling better and better about trading Roddy, Roddy White for him, even though he put up some decent numbers uh, this week as well. Uh, looking at the Bucs, you know, the Redskins are coming off of a bye. RG3 kind of comes in, you know, where I'm still kind of back and forth with him too, but Tony, are you feeling a little more confident starting RG3 now that he's had the maybe a week of rust to kind of go off and he's not playing in a frozen tundra in Minnesota? Well, here's what I like about RG3. One, he's available, right? So if you had Carson Palmer, this or that, uh, you had some people you weren't sure about or you've got some bye week concerns, RG3 is available. People dropped him. They picked him back up. They were disgusted and they dropped him again. So he's he's out there, right? Yeah. So, so he's there. And the other thing I really like about RG3 is he's playing Tampa Bay this week. Right. They give up 277 yards a game. They're 30th against the pass. This is, you know, this is not the Lovey Smith defense that he was hoping to run in Tampa, but he's obviously just trying to build some picks for the future. And that's fine. Uh, this year, though, uh, any quarterback going to Tampa uh, is going to probably have a decent game. He's got a lot to prove. He really does. And I think this is actually a really good opportunity to start him. So if you're in a you know, in, in a position where you're not sure who to start or you've just got, you know, again, going back to playing the matchups. This is a guy that I actually like. I could actually see him easily finishing as a top 10 uh, uh, quarterback this week. I don't think that's going to be the case every week. And a lot of these guys, I take a wait and see approach, but we're getting toward the end and you're going to need some wins maybe uh, to get yourself into the playoffs. I think RG3 is a good guy to have on your team this week against Tampa. Yeah, and James, I'm looking at the other matchups here, and you just can't, you can never kind of trust the offensive outputs, really, of the AFC North. It's it's going to be hot, a hot pocket for like two games, and then it kind of trails off here. I'm looking at the Browns. I'm looking at the Steelers. Steelers are away at the Titans there. You would assume that that should be a great matchup for everybody, but does last week's performance against the Jets change your mind at all? Is that does that kind of grip you up from like, eh, maybe not Ben this week, yeah, maybe not Martavius Bryant's gonna have that, you know, uh, another magical game? Um, what's your take on the Steelers' uh, offensive positions going forward here? I, you know, I'm not gonna read too much into that Jets game. It just seemed like one of those games where. Pittsburgh just didn't take it seriously. They didn't look ready to play. They looked lethargic the whole game. The Jets, you know, say what you want about Rex Ryan. I, I do think that he can get guys to fight for him. Um, you know, I, I think that his players care about him. Um, you know, he's going to be gone regardless, obviously. But <laughs> I, I think he got his guys to come out and fight hard and play hard. And and I think it was evident on the field. They looked like they wanted to be there. Pittsburgh didn't. And, and that was it. Um do I expect Ben Roethlisberger to go back to throwing six touchdowns? No, uh, but I think that you kind of have to throw that game out. And you, you don't 
like to throw games out and just take nothing away from it. But in this case, it was just one of those. I mean, look, we, we talked about it before. I mean, it's one of the just one of those shockers. You have, you didn't see it coming at all. All of a sudden, you know, you think Pittsburgh is going to go out and put 40 points on the board and it's 20 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. And you're like, what, what is happening right now? Um, I mean, Sweetson was missing. What, he missed like a, a 20 yard field goal, just yeah. shanked it. It was just a weird game. So no, I'm not too worried. Titans actually, a. uh, uh Decent matchup against the pass. They played the pass relatively well this year. Not good. Don't get me wrong. They're bad in all facets of the game. But better against the pass than against the run. So I think this could be a nice week for Le'Veon. Pittsburgh has not done a great job of running the football the last few weeks. So I think they try and get the run game going. Blunt, Le'Veon kind of push it on the ground. But I wouldn't be worried about starting Roethlisberger or Brown or, or you know, even Brian, I'm not as excited. And I did have Brian as my feeling frisky wide receiver to play last week. Obviously, I got saved again by an 80-yard touchdown pass. But, um, yeah, I, I feel good playing those guys. I, I don't think it's the best matchup in the world for the receivers, but it's certainly good enough to feel confident rolling them out. Tony, I want to go to your neck of the woods, too, because you did mention Greg Jennings. You did mention that the Bears are hosting the Vikings coming into town here. They're coming off of a bye week. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's looked okay. Um, I think their backfield is, is you know, Matt Asiata is still getting t- touchdowns. So uh, are, what, what is your take on the Vikings coming in there? Any surprises or any surprise starts that you would look for? Uh, yeah, well, you know, Greg Jennings, I mean, uh, you know, right there. I mean, normally he's about a wide receiver for, he, you know, he's actually been fairly consistent. And Teddy Bridgewater has been fairly consistent, too, of all the rookie quarterbacks. He, you know, seems to be settling in a little bit. Uh, you know, look, Jennings isn't going to get you a bunch of touchdowns. Jennings isn't going to get 100 yards. So this isn't the guy we're talking about uh, to to win you your game. He's more of a placeholder. Again, we're talking wide receiver four who you can fill in as a flex if you need him. But again, against the Bears, I don't see why not. Everybody can do anything they want against this Bears defense. They've given up 50 points in two consecutive games, which is bananas. And if you lived in Chicago, it's... They, they've put nets under all the tall buildings because it's terrible here. Uh, so, so, yeah, Greg Jennings is actually, a. again, you know, I, I had earlier we talked about it. I'm like, well, I don't know about, you know, playing against the matchup. And now every question you've given me, I'm like, absolutely play the matchup. So... <laughs> So there you go. So I hope you I hope you didn't just listen to the first part of the show, because uh, <laughs> well, now absolutely, yeah, Greg Jennings is somebody that you could start this week against the Bears well, and feel totally confident. On the flip side of that, I mean, there it just looks like I, I I think you know we get attracted to those complete blowouts that we saw on Monday night, and the Bears didn't look great at all, and they haven't looked great for two weeks. So you know your Jay Cutler owners, your Brandon Marshall owners, your Forte owners. National and Jeffrey owners, what are you what are you doing with that? Well, real football and, you know, fantasy football, that's where you have your sort of little convergence there. You know, their offense looks terrible. Um, but fantasy wise, I, there's no way I would be benching Matt Forte. He's still going to get his yards. He's still going to get his receptions. There's no way I'm really benching Matt Forte. Or I'm sorry. Ma, there's no way I'm really benching uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, you're looking at the third and fourth quarter of that game where they were getting smacked around. He was the only one who really appeared to be putting any effort into anything. I mean, he was putting his head down and he was running into people when he could have stepped out of bounds. It seemed like he really had something to prove. So I'm not putting him on the bench either. Now, and, you know, some of these are going to be garbage yards, but, you know, so be it against Minnesota. Again, we're talking about two teams that are probably a little bit more evenly matched. Um, so it's going to be likely less garbage yards and more of a, you know, methodical passing game. Uh, but, you know, 
Jay Cutler is very consistent. Two touchdowns, two interceptions, and, you know, 280 yards. So if that's what you want, then you'll probably get exactly that. Uh, and we're going to go to the phones. It's time for the Fantasy Mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. Have a fantasy question? Tweet us at BGN underscore TWIF or call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline 267-245-6066. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. That's 267-245-6066. And we actually got a call. I I got a call from uh, our our good friend now (laughs) and uh, hopefully fan of the show, Eddie. Uh, Eddie's from South Carolina. He was actually calling while we were on the air, so I thought it was a, a good opportunity to just see what he wanted. And he's looking for some DFS advice, some daily fantasy league advice here. So we decided, let's why not? Let's uh, let's play it out and give it to him. Here's Eddie with his question: Who do you think is um, for Week Eleven in the NFL the top fantasy pick as far as quarterback, running back, uh, kicker? Tight end, receiver, and the number one defense. We know Peyton Man is doing great. Um, the coach quarterback is doing great. Please forgive me, I can't call his name right now. Several other other quarterbacks. We know number one running back right now is Dallas running back. Right. And um, but I can't I can't find that on on um online. Every place I've gone, it's not coming up that way. And I, I was online. I saw your number, and I said, "Let me give it a shot." And I called. Yeah, well, obviously, great talking to Eddie. He's uh, he's a great guy, man. We're gonna we're gonna plug him on the regular BGN show too, bud, because he was he's actually uh, from South Carolina, and he's a Panthers fan, and he just railed Cam Newton. So I think we'll play that. If you're listening to this, get ready for the preview show against the Packers on Friday. It's gonna be gonna be a little pretty entertaining. But uh, yeah, James, he he wants to know. He's a DFSer, so where are we looking? Here, what are some good matchups that you're looking at right now? Okay, good question, John. I'm not. I've not done enough DFSing, as it were, in yeah, my uh, in my time here. I admit it. It's. Uh, I'm gonna start doing it more. I've tried to learn the mechanics of it before I do it. I don't want to just give money away, so I'm trying. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but I, I don't have the actual pricing in front of me. But let me give you a couple guys who. I would guess are going to be a little bit more valuable than what their price is based on recent performance, based on matchup. Uh, And at quarterback, it's Phil Rivers. I mean, he's been terrible, terrible the last few weeks. Coming off his worst performance of his career against the Dolphins was uh, just a tragedy in in week nine, the way that guy played. Three picks, just I think he had 137 yards passing. Um, But he's playing Oakland. (laughs) And John, guess what? Oakland's terrible on defense. <laughs> um, they just gave up what you know, 400 yards to Peyton Manning, five passing touchdowns. Uh, I just think that uh, I think there's a bad matchup for Oakland. I think that San Diego, five and four, have lost three straight coming out of their bye. I think they're going to be jacked up. But we we quickly we forget that Philip Rivers was by many considered the MVP of the league through six weeks. So uh, I think Rivers comes back. I think he has a a beast mode game this week. Uh, I think with Matthews kind of his first game back, Oliver still, you know, hasn't grabbed the role. Donald Brown stinks. I I think they're going to lean on Rivers, and I I think he's going to come through. I I think you get a lot of points for Rivers, especially for the value. And I'm just looking on FanDuel.com here. Uh, You can go check them out. Obviously, uh, it's one of the more popular popular DFS sites. He's coming in at $8,500, which is Great, because above him is guys like Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, and that probably shaves you, you know, somewhere around twenty-five to three thousand dollars to kind of add that maybe you know 
uh, tight end wide receiver defense that you're looking for. Another guy that's on here, I'm actually going to I'm gonna say Matt Ryan's a, probably a decent value. Granted, I like that one. Carolina's, you know, been terrible. They're awful all around. I think you can score points on him. He's coming in at 7700 bucks. I think that's, if, if you really want to, you know, go full bore on uh, running back or wide receiver, I think that's a good spot. Um, just a, yeah, and I also think that uh, I'm going to stick with Mike Evans again this week. I, I, I think that train's great against Washington. Um, you know, I, their front seven is great, but I, again, their secondary ever since they lost uh, D'Angelo uh, Hall has been kind of meh, but, uh, you know, he's right in there at 7500 bucks. I think that's, uh, again, another great value that's going on there. Um, any other skill positions that you're looking at? Uh, there, James. I got one more nice value, uh, especially because I don't think he's going to be cost nearly as much as he probably should this week. And that's Shane Vereen, another guy coming off a of bye. Um, you know, we saw that you can't really trust anyone as far as it goes in running backs in a Bill Belichick offense. But if you had to trust one, it's Vereen. He's had two good games out of the three since uh, Ridley went down. And they're playing a Colts defense that, that has been better than expected. But as far as defending running backs, uh, as receivers have actually given up the second most yards in the league to running backs as receivers, 525, the most uh, Atlanta at 534. And they're both considerably ahead of, ahead of everybody else. So the Colts have really given up a lot of receiving yards to running backs this season. And as we all know, Shane Vereen, one of the best in the league at that. I think Brady looks for him. I, I think that Vereen has a nice a nice week this week, and I'm, I'm guessing he's probably not too expensive comparatively. Uh, he is actually right at the $6,500 mark, which is, you know, a, a good $3,000 from any of the top guys, the top obvious guys there, Matt Forte being the most expensive this week, and not coming in at 9300 just below him too. And uh, I'll say it, Tony said it earlier, it's it's against Chicago. They're terrible defense. Matt Asiata's coming in at $6,400. I think you can. Well, and how about Jarek McKinnon there, too? I mean, you well, know, Asiata's sure. been the one getting in the end zone, but McKinnon might be even cheaper because he's not as much of a name, but he's the he's the bell cow right now there. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe he can steal some of those. He's actually comes in at $1,000 less than Asiata. I think the touchdowns way in there. So I'm, I'm comfortable with actually either one of those guys if you're looking to trim some of the fat um, with the running backs this week. John, I'll give you one more. And again, this is a guy who's been a, a huge disappointment this season for me, for all his owners. I own the guy. It's been a bummer. But in tandem with my Phillip Rivers pick before, uh, Raiders secondary is not very good. And, and Keenan Allen coming out of a bye, I, I think they're going to make sucker. it a point to get him the ball. And I just think he's going to be a nice value. I, I'm guessing, look, if it's one of those things and I don't have the pricing in front of me, if they're pricing him based on the name, then I'm wrong. But if they're pricing him based on the performance so far and kind of where he's at, then I think that this could be a, a, a better week than most to get Keenan Allen out there. I wasn't cringing on the fact he's actually a great value, 6,400 bucks. And I, I agree with the logic there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it can't, it can't be any worse than the guys around him. I mean, there's Kendall Wright, there's Vincent Jackson, Pierre Garçon is actually not a bad play this week either. He's about $100 more. I think I would feel more comfortable with going with him. Kelvin Benjamin's uh, just above him at 6600 bucks. Yeah, Atlanta's bad secondary. It's a good one, too. Yeah, so anywhere around there, I don't mind. if. You, yeah, absolutely. I think if Keenan Allen is, if you're off by 100 bucks, he's your guy. For, for sure, as your third wide receiver. I think that's a great pick, James. And, of course, every week, along with uh, Eddie, maybe we'll start doing that. We'll start doing some fan duel, uh, some DFSing, because uh, we haven't incorporated that in the show. And I think towards the latter half of the season, you can't really do any trades or anything. So that, that'd be kind of fun to, to kind of peg out and look for some look for some good values there. 
But uh, Tony, who is going to get you 10 this week? Well, it doesn't seem like it's a huge uh, uh, leap here because he's managed to get you about 10 each week. But if you're looking for somebody who's a little bit deeper and who's gaining the trust of his quarterback, I'd look to Jarvis Landry down nice. in uh, down in Miami there. Uh, he's playing very well. Again, Ryan Tannehill, they're, they're doing a methodical passing game. These are short. They're not, you know, it's not the Mike Wallace deep ball every other pass. They're, they're doing a very calculated, very smart football down there in Miami. And that's why they seem to be playing very well. Uh, Jarvis Landry, each and every week, he's he's getting his targets. He's getting his receptions. He's had 12 catches in the last two games. Uh, expected to keep going. Buffalo does have the sixth-ranked passing uh, defense in the league, but I do think that'll affect more Mike Wallace than it's going to affect Jarvis Landry. I think you can still expect five catches out of him for 55 yards, a nice solid 10 PPR points. James, who is getting you 10 this week? All right, let's go to Cleveland. Uh, I'm actually going to go a week before Josh Gordon comes back. I'm going to go with another Browns receiver before they all become irrelevant when he returns. Um, No, just kidding, of course. I'm I'm actually going to go with uh, Andrew Hawkins. Missed last week, uh, but is expected to be back this week. They thought he probably could have played if the game had been on Sunday instead of Thursday. The extra week, uh, you know, outside of uh, the game he got hurt on on against Tampa Bay, uh, he's got nine targets, nine targets, nine targets, 10 targets, 13 targets, 10 targets. Uh, you know, he catches, he makes catches. He had seven catches, five catches, seven, eight, six. Um, so he's not going to be someone who's going to blow you away. He's not going to put up 150 yards receiving or anything, but he's going to go out and he'll get you seven for 70 or, or eight for 80 or whatever it is that, you know, a PPR that's, you know, 15, 16 points. And it'll be just close enough to getting you that 10. And you never know, maybe he finds the end zone. And of course the Texans give up the second most points to fantasy wide receivers. So Andrew Hawkins, assuming he plays, they expect him to play. I think you can count on him for 10 this week. I'm going, mm-hmm. I am, uh, I'm going to put my balls out there a little bit here. Um, Devonte Adams has only had one ten point game, uh, at least in a. I'm looking at a half PPR uh, stat sheet. I'm going to say that he's going to do it against Philadelphia at home. I got a I got a funny feeling that it's not going to be. I mean, Cobb and, and Jordy Nelson are obviously going to have their games. I just think Devonte Adams sneaks in there for a touchdown or maybe even two. Um, and uh, yeah, Devonte Adams uh, going to sneak in there and get you. 10 this week. You love your rookie wide receivers for the yeah, give me 10. Sometimes they just have to bust out every now and again for one game. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Matthews pick was a uh, quite successful. Killer. It was a great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, that being said, uh, Tone, who were we uh, finally saying goodbye to and who can you no longer stand on your fantasy roster? Yeah, this one actually makes me a little bit sad because preseason going in, it, the reason why I didn't think that uh, DeMarco Murray was going to have a great year is because they were going to throw the ball you know, 58 times a year, uh, 58 times a game. Uh, it didn't happen. DeMarco Murray's a stud and Terrence Williams has oh, been wow. just a sad story down there in Dallas. Uh, yeah, you know, such a great year last season. Started off eh, so-so this year. He has simply fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, he's had 13 receptions in the last six games. Six games he's managed to scrape together 13 receptions. None of them last week. So Terrence Williams... Say goodbye, buddy. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people always see tend to cringe, but yeah, just like you said, Tony, I mean, it's just been a rapid decline ever since New Orleans there. So, uh, yeah, James, who are you saying happy trails to, my friend? 
Yeah, that was a good one, Tony. I totally agree. Terrence Williams, uh, very touchdown dependent early in the year, and yep. obviously that did not continue. Uh, this guy's owning 82% of, of ESPN leagues, and I don't know why it's more than 2%. Uh, it's only name value. This guy has been awful. I should have done him weeks ago. I dropped him on the only team I owned him on uh, a month and a half ago or so, um, a month ago, and that's Michael Crabtree. I, I just... Uh, what does this guy do for you? <laughs> what is he doing for you? <laughs> uh, seriously, all right, ready? Let's go from the time they played the Eagles, which uh, was week four. These are his receiving yard totals each week. 43, 16, 49, 27, 40, and then 62 last week, which was only because he had a 51-yard catch in overtime. So if that game ends on time, he's got 11 yards. Uh, this guy's literally been useless. Uh like I said, I dropped him a month plus ago. I don't know why anyone owns him. What I will do, because it's so frustrating to me, instead of saying goodbye, let's say hello to Rashad Jennings and Ryan Matthews, both yeah. back this week after extended times Welcome. off. I love Jennings, especially. We've talked a lot about Jennings on this show earlier in the season, preseason. Love this guy. I think he's going to be a big part of the Giants. If he's healthy, he's going to go right back to what he was doing before. Matthews, I'm not a huge Matthews guy, but I think we've all talked about how Oliver really didn't seize that role the way he could have. They really don't have anyone else. I think Matthews, you know, especially a give me 10 kind of thing. Uh, I think Matthews will be usable. You know, he'll get the ball. So that's yeah, my like uh, actually, say goodbye and say hello. Actually, if we're doing a little say hello, keep your eye on Kyle Rudolph. There's a lot of people out there who've got some tight end problems right yes. now. If you've got tight end problems right now, it's not 100% that he's going to start. But grab him on your team because he's going to get back to it and he's going to be just fine. And again, we're talking about the Bears. If he plays this week, start him against the Bears. I was coming on and I decided, you know, it's time to say goodbye to this guy. And and then I thought of another one. So I'm just going to give them to you both. Number yes! One, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say goodbye. Darren McFadden, who is still owned almost uh, in 60, almost over 68% of, uh, of uh, ESPN leagues. Darren McFadden. Why are people still holding on to Darren McFadden? Uh, the Secondly, who's even higher than that at 72% right now? Bobby Rainey. What are you guys doing? Ditch these guys. They're, they're done. They're absolutely done. You know I was part of the Bobby Rainey fan club early. Part You were, you were the leader I, of the Bobby Rainey fan club. The, the absolute leader heading into week three against Atlanta. And, you know, was, you know after like uh, about 18 points and then 10 points, you're like, okay, maybe this will stick. And it's just been it's just been awful back there, guys. It doesn't matter who. Chris Sims, Doug Martin. Bobby Rainey, it doesn't matter. Go, you know, go. I don't know anybody. Literally, Where, anybody. Where's, where's Derek Ward when you need him? Am I right? <laughs> exactly. I almost considered, uh, you know, Terrence adding Terrence West to this as well, but then he's had you know two back to back decent weeks. So again, yeah, but you bet Ben Tate definitely uh, heading that direction. Unfortunately, yeah, I'd probably put him on that list too. It's it's been it's been pretty bad. Well, it's you know week eleven, it's getting stressful. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's trying to hold on to make that playoff spot. We hope you do. And um, again. Thank you for listening to another episode of This Week in Fantasy right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to This Week in Fantasy right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.